Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights here with Rich Klein. We're going to talk about TCMA, how we saw it from the point of view of collectors and dealers back in the day. So thanks, sponsors, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, ComC.com, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Heritage Auctions, Huggs & Scott Auctions, Tops, Upper Deck, and Panini. So TCMA, the Card Memorabilia Associates, but remember, also it's known not as... Tom Collier and Aaronstein. And Mike Aaronstein is the more famous, but maybe not when this got started. Tom Collier, Tom was, Collier was, was a very serious collector. And Tom Reed would go a couple times a year to visit him to buy all sorts of stuff from him. I think they had similar collecting interests. They did. Because very eclectic. I knew Tom Collier not well. But I was around him some in the early days. I always look forward when Tom. He's from Maryland, I think. Yes. When Tom said he was going to visit Tom, I was like, "Okay, I'll be in your store in two weeks. Just save me stuff to buy," because it was always interesting. Okay, but maybe Mike Ehrenstein was the more entrepreneurial. I think he was a lot more entrepreneurial, and they started maybe not as TCMA, but they actually started in the late '60s as like SCFC Sports sports Cards cards for collectors. Collectors. Good point. And then they merged and became TCMA. Then it became the card memorabilia. When Collier sold out for the umpteenth time, finally, okay, that's it. But I'm fascinated by TCMA because I don't think, even though it's the 70s, I don't even think they kept a really good catalog of what they had. And so I don't think... They were just doing the sets. They were just doing the sets. And getting them out there. Yeah. So I'm fascinated because I'm going to use the word goal, and that's not the right word, but one of my goals at ComC is anytime I have a chance to look at TCMA sets, I'm going to do it. And one of the things that fascinates me is the last year or two, they would gotten an MLB license, finally. Obviously, when they began, there were no such things. And I'm fascinated by how many cards have the license. Are you talking about the late 70s? I'm talking about the 80s. Okay. They have cards into the late 80s, like 87, 88. Oh, okay. And those last year or two, and they reprinted some cards with the logo. And there was some set I found that every card, it was maybe a Yankees all-star set. Every card had the MLB logo in it. So I actually moved and created a parallel set that said MLB logo. I'm fascinated by what they chose and why they chose certain cards to be reprinted, so to speak, with the logo. And it's just one of the many mysteries of TCMA. I don't think it was a big operation. It wasn't, obviously. I don't know if there was a lot of proofreading, but in Mike and Tom, both those guys were serious baseball fans. We talked about proofreading and copy editing and all that stuff. I'm imagining that they did all this. And if they did get help, it'd be from another serious baseball fan so you get it out and you print up the sheets, you cut them up, and none of their distribution was retail, to my knowledge. It was well, all kind of hobby. kind of retail because they did the newsletter with the items they had for sale. It was through the hobby, but okay. anybody could direct the uh, consumer. They maybe sent some to some the dealers of the day, which there weren't very many right. of those anyway. So there there can't be very many of any of these sets. When we think about it, when we apply today's technology and think they could just keep the original negatives and go back and print some more 10 or 15 or 20 or 50 years later. They didn't do that. Uh, And we'd know it if we saw a big stash of them all of a sudden appear. Some of the sets really fill a niche 
back when there weren't that many cards of those guys that were affordable. They made cards of older players originally that were affordable. Then they made cards of minor leaguers that had no cards. And then they did these retrospective kinds of things that found a place in the hobby. And the other thing, and I'm going to call it adjacent to TCMA, was the 76 SSPC set. I call that an adjacent set. It doesn't say TCMA, but it's distributed through the same general people. And See, I think that wasn't TC. I think you're right. I think that was MA. I think you're right. That's my sense of that. And that don't was forget Mike's thing. I want to do this. And I think he did all the work on that. And don't forget the photos were taken by Keith Oberman in that set. And they were buddies, I think. And they were buddies. Yeah. And Oberman was this young hotshot collector, right. and he loved collecting, and he loved right. photos, and oh, and you could see as this set progressed, his photos getting better. Yeah. I heard you talking about, and I know one of them was Jose Canseco and Pete Incavilia that you shot a back cover uh, photo a of. Couple, yeah, yeah. And that was not a great photo, but they weren't a, great photos. But but I, I, I bet photo you, credits. <laughs> but I bet didn't charge the company very much for those. Did not photos. charge anything. No royalties. No upfront charge. In fact, that, that that may have been back in the day when I'm not getting paid anyway because the first couple of years. But going to spring training was great. I don't think I needed to bring a camera to make it a business expense, but I shot a bunch of photos and I was scrambling to find one or two that could possibly be not terrible because I had no telephoto or zoom yeah. lens to speak of. I had one. But to Keith's credit, those photos are Those photos were more than decent. In fact, they were the pure card thing, the photos better be good. Yeah. Now, not all of the TCMA minor league photos are good, and no. many of the TCMA old-timer sets... The photos are possibly photos of a photo. But you're dependent on in those days. That's the only thing you have. Yeah, you're dependent on other people in those what days. What are you going to compare it to? Right. But I'm fascinated by those sets too. They have really cool things like 42 to 46 Cardinals, 36 to 39 Yankee Dynasty. They have really comprehensive sets. And a lot of times those cards may be the only cards, at least at the time, yeah. of those players Extent. Both those guys were vintage, and that's why Mike Ehrenstein was such an excellent choice for Sabre. Because I think he was a, a Sabre guy he was. and a baseball historian. Not that you and I aren't, but he was very deserving. And he brought that passion for vintage and for the great game of baseball. I'll put our chops as historians, not just baseball, against anybody. Because when you and I wrote blurbs for sets, or you and I did player stuff, we had to learn... And research to some extent what the players were. A lot of the great stuff in TCMA, especially in the SSPC set, the stars of the 50s set, stars of the 60s, they, there's good blurbs on the back. Yeah, and they weren't all stars. And they weren't all stars. <laughs> some of them were pretty obscure. The second series, the eighty, the 1981 second series of stars of the 80s really didn't have a lot of They, they were scrambling, <laughs> which really made it cool because I think there's a Czech trail card in there and Czech Trail was on the 64 World Series roster, but he never played the game for the 64 Yankees, but they allowed the Yankees to put him on the postseason roster. TCMA, uh, there actually is a football set, but almost exclusively they were. And there's a basketball set, too. And one basketball set. So mainly it's baseball. Why do you think they got into minor leagues? Do you think somebody came to them? And said, you guys can do these sets. We, we're not getting the time of day from Tops. Tops was the only game in town then. Probably in the 70s could pay the minor leaguers a very small sum of money. Or you could pay the team a very small sum of money. 
and get the photos. Possibly zero. Yeah. And you got the photos and you gave them some sets to sell in their concession. Just, I, I'm not sure any money changed hands. Mike Kramer would be even a better. He'd also be a good first person. Well, he was slightly after them, but not by much. Yeah. And he was doing sets by 75. And I think TCMA is 74 for their first minor league sets. They're, they're beginning about the same time. And it's really, in one level, a golden age of minor league sets. Okay. One of my pet peeves is sets that TCMA did where not all the cards are the same size. Instead of two and a half by three and a half, one or two of the cards would be three and a half by five. It'd be like a double-sized card because it'd be the team picture. And they didn't cut it in half. They didn't want us to cut it in half. How do you mail that? How do you store that? But you remember what I'm saying? I know exactly. Just I guess today you just put it in the padded envelope and hope for the best. Well, I don't know, but it's grading. It's bad. Bigger cards are not necessarily better. I guess they never have been. But for whatever reason, they thought this is the way to represent that. You're right. That's something I don't always think about, but it's bizarre, but true. I see why that's a pet peeve, because you're dealing with 24 cards of players. They're all two and a half by three and a half, and then you have the team card. We'll call it three by five. And I was like, why are you doing this? When you think about TCMA cards, you think there's lower production values. And they're probably, in most of them, it's not even original photography in some cases. But the cardstock they used wasn't super white in some of those early yeah. ones. But it wasn't super thin either. When you think of the 81 Donruss, which I think Mike also had a hand in, yeah, that was very thin stock. It was a white kind of a stock, but it was very thin. These minor league sets in the 70s were gray stock, but they felt like a card. That's to their credit. There's some set in the ComC database, and I want to say it's one of the Cardinal sets or one of the Yankee sets, where we have four different variations between white back and gray back. And cream and, back, yeah. and, and then what's the lettering on the back of it? Is black or blue? With or without the logo or something. Without the logo, I just do as a variation, unless the whole set is that way. Those just become variations. When I did the Almanac 2, I always wanted to get more TCMA sets in there just because I wanted to finish cataloging them. I'm a completist too. So how do you think that happened? Here's how I think it happened. <laughs> just preempt. Uh, okay. I think that when you have these sets that have different back, different kinds of cardstock, I think they're printing to demand. And so they're sitting there or their printer has the negatives or the printing form is all set up and they get an order for so many sets and they run it on the stock that they have. And whether that's cream or white, they're not that particular. And then at a later date, somebody says, I need another hundred sets. They do those. It's not hard to print cards. People have gotten used to this idea that it's hard to print and cut cards. It is if there's autographs or jersey swatches and things like that. But if it's just ink on paper and then cutting according to the registration, that's not impossible. Let me remind you, though, today, Tops Now yeah. and Panini Instant, they're done at the corporate office. Sometimes they're autographs. So, yeah, sometimes you do have to stick the autograph or every once in a while there's a relic. But if you're just doing the card, all you do is printing it. Yeah. But they're making cards. The day after Aaron Judge hit 60 homers, there was the email from Tops in my inbox. Tops now, Aaron Judge 60. Mark Zenkovich talks about the collector kits from 1987, around 1987. That's what I was talking about with the Major League logos on the back. I'm convinced the cards with the MLB PA logo or the MLB logo on the back were reprinted for those kits. 
And there are some cool cards in there. There's the 81 Sandy Koufax minor league coach card. As I said, I'm using the term adjacent. There's also, at the same time frame, the second run of the Baseball Immortal sets. And I'm convinced, I could be wrong, those are also, at the very least, TCMA adjacent if they're not TCMA. Related. Related. Related in some way. And what about all the reprints that they did? And again, I'm sure there was no permission granted. He's talking about the, was the Tharps, ice cream, and... You're probably enough period, some of those sets, especially the 19th Beyond 28 years of copyright. Yeah, and if they didn't renew the copyright, you're good to go. And who cares? The sets are obscure anyway. So have a reprint of an obscure set when you're never going to see the real thing. And if the cards... And it's are, not intended to deceive. And if the cards are accurately marked as reprint, yeah. that's fine. It was just like when people objected to the 1983 Topps 1952 reprint. Those cards aren't even the same size as the original right, 52s. Right. If you don't know enough to know those sizes are different. <laughs> what happened to TCMA in the end? I think just, they just... Because yeah, Tom Collier was long gone. I think they just said enough and went on with their lives. They had more and competition. there may have been more pressure on them to get certain permissions. I remember as I'm talking about the licensing, they may have realized that, wait a second, this may not work with all this money. They gotta, if they got to pay, a lot of these licensing places want a guarantee. Yeah. And I don't think any of the TCMA sets had wide, broad, huge distribution. Even the, these collector kits. The one that was intended was the 76 SSPC set. Yeah. But they got sued yeah. about the set and they did not win in court. They were allowed to... Disperse what they had. Disperse what they had, which was reasonable. And I love that set. That's a beautiful set. It gets no respect. Was that a 75 set or a 76 set? It's released in 76, but they called it 75. And maybe they were trying to release it late in the 75 year, but because of all the court things, it doesn't come out till 76. It comes out like March of 76, if I remember. And people think that's not a big deal. But if it's a 75, there's a whole bunch of rookie cards in there that would just drive that set. Now, again, that wasn't a thing back in the mid-70s. You would have George Brett and Robin Round. And then you'd have a pre-rookie card, Dennis Eckersley. Good point, because he did the first top card. That is a 76. 76. You'd have a pre-rookie card. Yeah. Thanks, Mark Zenkovich, for your question about TCMA and wanting Rich Knight to riff about it. Thanks, Rich. Thanks, everybody. We'll be back again tomorrow.